Yeah, I was uh, talking to Christian and I, uh, during worship, which was really sweet. Thank you. Always enjoy getting together and uh, worshiping together. But as I was worshiping, people were speaking things out at various times, and there was stirring going on in my heart with all these scriptures and stuff, and I'm listening to it all, and when it finished, Christian came over, and, and I said, hey, um, do you mind if I don't do what I did first service and second service and a little bit of what I did last night and a little bit of what we talked about? You know, I forget. The time's been here. It becomes a blur after a while. We get to bed at almost 1 o'clock last night, and 5 o'clock comes pretty early in the morning. It's like, where am I? What are we doing right now? Um, but anyway, I was just going to say, if, if you're curious on hearing something that was talked about over the last uh, three times we were talking with people, grab the podcast, Second Service, you kind of get it all. Um, I just wrote down some scriptures. I felt God was stirring some stuff, and if it's okay with you, I'd like to run with it. Okay, I got, a, I got a couple affirmations, so we're going to do it. Actually, even if you said no, I was going to do it anyway, because I have the microphone. I have the microphone, and I realize there's power that comes with a mic, as long as the sound person keeps you on. Um, well, I, I, I want to tell you just a little bit, maybe, about uh, my background, where I came from, and uh, three things that, that I've learned along the way, God has taught me along the way, there's really just... I think fueled my journey. Um, I, I I was raised in a in a home that did not go to church. Uh, my parents d- didn't go to church. I had uh, I, there were five siblings um, in the family, and my oldest sister used to walk to a mainline denominational church, and uh, she would drag me along. So that was my introduction to church. I probably went for about three four years. Um, Learned there was a God. My impression of God was he was always watching me, which became very terrifying to a nine-year-old boy. Um, God was watching me and waiting for me to step out of line, and if I did something wrong, I would get a little course correction, you know, like he would steer me back. Um, So when I reached the teen years, when I was really learning that sinning was much more expansive than what I was experiencing at nine years old, I drifted away from the church because I really didn't want to come into church feeling guilty all the time. I don't know if any of you have experienced that before. Um, So I basically stopped uh, attending, still knowing there was a God, and um, somewhat aware that um, I was not living as God wanted me to live. Uh, Mater and I have known each other since the seventh grade. Um, We went through school together, and through those years I tried to pervert, and she tried to convert. Thank you, Jesus. She won. (laughs) I did not win. Um, we got married in second year in college and uh, moved back to the area that we grew up in and had a child. And, well, if you have a kid, you go back to church because your kids should be raised in church. That was our thought. And we got involved in the church. It was journeying along and hearing about this God who, uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and things about Jesus. But it really didn't get very much deeper than that. Um, we were doing the church thing, and it, was, it was, seemed good for us. But deep inside, we knew something was missing. Um, I, I, I loved the people at the church. They were good to me. They were good to us. Um, wonderful people. But they only wanted to go so far, it seemed, in their relationship. And something was stirring in us that w- wanted to go deeper. We'd speak of the Trinity. Um, we've heard about Father God. We heard a lot about Jesus. And we never heard about the Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit was just as an afterthought, 
prayers. They'd say a prayer and they'd say, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, and that was it. Um, they would, as they talked about the Holy Spirit as well, if you were a follower of Jesus, you had the Holy Spirit in you. Um, but the Holy Spirit, the only way you knew the Holy Spirit was there if there was a real uh, uh, old hymn that really struck you. Maybe you'd get a warm fuzzy, and that was it. The Holy Spirit was warm fuzzies. The Holy Spirit did not speak to you. The Holy Spirit did not guide you. The Holy Spirit did not reveal any truth to you. The Holy Spirit did not empower you with gifts. The Holy Spirit did not equip you, did not send you out. Holy Spirit basically didn't do anything in your life. And as I listened to it, I thought they're describing an appendix. It's in your body, but it doesn't do anything. It's there, but it doesn't serve any purpose. Well, we had some friends that um, uh, made used to work with, and I ended up working with them later on, uh, who invited us to a, a new church plant that was starting. It was called the Vineyard, and it was, it was meeting in Lewiston, Maine. We gathered in, uh, in, the, in the YWCA in a little room. There was about, about 20, 25 people there. Walked in, looked around, and I go, where's the choir? <laughs> I don't see any choir robes anyplace. Uh, there's this guy standing up there wearing shorts, a Hawaiian shirt, playing a guitar. And I thought, okay, this is interesting. Uh, led us into some worship. Didn't see the dude with the collar at all. Some other guy got up and talked for a while from the Bible. I kind of understood what he was saying. It was, it was relating uh, to us. And as the, the service ended, people were kind of friendly, and a couple came up to us and introduced themselves and said, can we pray for you? And we said, sure, you can pray. And we turned and walked away, and they took a step closer. And I was like, what are you doing? They said, well, we want to pray for you. And I go, I know. Because in our thought, when someone said, can we pray for you in church, that meant I'll go home, and if I remember you sometime during the week, I'll say a prayer for you. It never meant I'm going to pray for you. So they said, well, can we lay hands on you? And I was like, um, are you okay? And I was like, where? <laughs> you know? uh, and they said, no, we, can we lay hands on your shoulder? We, that's, we, we'd love to, to pray for you. So we said, okay. And, and, and they prayed for us, and it, it blew us away because they were praying as if Jesus was listening to them, as if he was real. You know, uh, the, the, their worship songs, they were singing not about Jesus, they were singing to him. That was different. And, and here they were praying as if he was real and he was listening. And, and something just piqued our interest. And so we went back the next week and, you know, we, we, we started dipping our toes in it and checking out. And then they invited us to a retreat. Um, there, there, there was this retreat going off on a weekend at some camp area. I think it was a couple nights, three days. So we went total newbies. Like, I, we don't know what's happening here, but we're, we're, we're game to see what happens. And they had these sessions of worship. It was just sweet times. People are just worshiping God. and uh, They were raising their hands, which again was totally new. Um, they're worshiping God. Their, their eyes were closed, which was different. See, we, we, we always sang with our eyes open and prayed with our eyes closed. They, they, they sang with their eyes closed, and they prayed with their eyes open. It was like, you guys are different. But there was something that was going on in all of those settings. They're praying, and then they finish, and they're gathering around, and they're laying hands on people, and they're praying again. And things are happening. I, 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 some people are crying, and some people, you, you see they're getting healed. Some, some things are, are, are going on, and we're like, I had like rubber neck. Like, look at that. Look what's going on over there. You know, I wonder what that's over there. And as we kept watching that, kind of getting a flavor, we noticed one thing they kept saying was, you know, come Holy Spirit. They'd say it at the beginning of prayer, maybe they're praying with people, come Holy Spirit more. And it's like, this is a part of God that we never heard about. 
So we went away uh, that night a- after the session ended. We put the kids to bed, put the boys to bed, and we went out and sat by the lake. And uh, as we're sitting by the lake, we're trying to process a lot of this, and I said, something happens when people say, come Holy Spirit. <laughs> come Holy Spirit. And I, I'm not lying, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I, I like to fish. I exaggerate when I go fishing, but I'm not exaggerating now. The, the wind picked up on that lake, honest to God. The wind picked up, starts blowing. The trees start going. And the Holy Spirit came upon us, that, I mean, totally out of the blue. I didn't, we had no grid for this whatsoever. Holy Spirit comes upon us. I'm t- we're tingling head to toe. We're laughing. We're crying. I'm reciting psalms I didn't even know I knew. I, I swear, I didn't sleep for the next two weeks. I'd go to bed, I'd lay down, but I don't know if I was sleeping. I was just having dreams and all of these images going through my mind. And it was this rich two weeks. I remember going back to the, the church, mainline denominational church, and got hold of the minister and the group of people and said, I got to tell you what just happened to me. And I described the whole thing to them, and they all looked at me like I just said, guess what, I have tapeworms. You know, <laughs> they're all looking like, okay. Uh, anyways, now, what we were talking about before, it, they just, no, no grid for it. And it, it grieved us because we knew there was something more that we had to be drawn into. So it set us on this journey. We, 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 we jumped on with this vineyard church. And... Um, That presence of the Holy Spirit upon us, what I've found is when the Spirit of God comes upon an individual or a people, it's always meant to propel us to something. When Jesus started his ministry, he he recites a prophecy out of Isaiah 61. And you can read it in Luke chapter 4. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because... The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal up the brokenhearted, to set the oppressed free, to release captives. I mean, he's going through and he's outlining his mission statement. But the part he's saying is the Spirit of the Lord is on me for a specific purpose. And and, And it was propelling him into his ministry propelling him into this fullness of life. And that basically, that's what happened to us. Suddenly, we're being propelled into something. It was like a roller coaster ride. Hang on and enjoy the ride. God's got this phenomenal thing for us. And through the, through the years, he just, he, he just has, has kept just drawing us into phenomenal places and um, spiritual places of just being uh, in his presence, growing deeper with him, um, places with ministry around the world. I mean, things I never imagined would be happening in this journey with Jesus. But along the way, there's, there's three things that, that if I could share with you uh, tonight that I think have been foundational. And I look around, and generally the room is younger than I. <laughs> so, so I think I can maybe share some of, some of these three things maybe I've learned along the way. One of it was this process, this thing about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, when he was talking to his um, disciples at one time, actually he, he, was, he was preaching after a great feast. If you have Bibles or an app, if you wouldn't mind turning to that, um, just no video games. John chapter 7. Now, I'd really like to look at just a, a couple of scriptures together. 
John chapter 7, um, there's a feast that just finished, a Jewish feast. And it's the end of the feast. People have been celebrating for a whole week. And Jesus stands up in the midst of this crowd at the very end. And verse 37 of John chapter 7 says this. And on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. It's the last and greatest day of the feast, and it says Jesus stood and said in a loud voice. Okay, I imagine he yelled it out. He stood up in the middle of a large crowd and he screamed out over everybody, if anybody's thirsty, come to me. And as he cries that out and the crowd starts roaring, he he says this, whoever believes in me, streams of living water will flow from his innermost being. He's talking about this whole concept of life that is going to flow forth. He's talking about just the presence of God. Have you ever been in the presence of a godly person? I mean, like, I'm you know, like, okay, yeah, you're, you know, you're Christian, so you go, yeah, you know, I pick up something. But then you're ever around somebody where you're going like, whoa, that person spent time with Jesus, right? Yeah, we're catching some of the overflow, catching some of the overflow. That there's something about life that just, he, Jesus describes, it's going to be like a river flowing from your innermost being. There's this life that flows, and there's, there's uh, uh, the, the power of God in praying for people. There's the gifts of the, of, of the God's spirit that just goes wherever you go. It's the favor of God. He says, this is like life unbelievable just flowing out of you. And as, and as, as I read this, and he talks about, well, this is meant to be the spirit which wasn't given. Well, in the book of Acts, the spirit was given. And I go, that's what happened to us when we were at that place. We got filled with the spirit. And that's why our lives were just like transformed. I mean, again, if you know where I was who I was beforehand. I'm a better person now. I'm a little nicer person to live with. There was this transformation that happened because the Spirit of God came upon me. And what struck me as I read this is like, Lord, I want that river to continue to flow. And one of the things the Lord taught me along the way, he said, Dick, a river can't flow out if only a trickle comes in. The river can't flow out if only a trickle comes in. So in, in all the years I've been following Jesus, and all the years I've been doing this, I am one who is not ashamed or embarrassed in the least bit to say, God, I need more of you. <laughs> I, not only do I need more of you, I want more of you. I, 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 I want the river to flow in so the river can flow out. Because if a trickle's coming in, a trickle's going to come out. And when a trickle comes out, life is not that exciting. And it's pretty dull, it's pretty boring, and it's really nothing that really brings any glory or honor to God in the least bit. And one time I was going through and and pastoring the church, the church is growing, things are going really well, and I started doing things on my own ability. Someone, uh, Jonathan, you read the, was it the message version, Colossians, right? No, it was actually the prayer too, in the Lord's Prayer, about doing it with technical, the technical, right? We, we, We learn techniques, we can do this on our own. You can get a good book. You can get a good package. If you get a if you get a, a, a gifted team of people who can play instruments and somebody who can speak pretty well, you could probably even pull off church. Doesn't mean God's going to be there, but you could probably pull it off. 
And I was kind of in that place where I was learning how to do it. And the Lord said to me once, Dick, you know what? What's coming out of you is a trickle. And he says, you can have as much of my spirit in you as you want or as little as you think you need. That was like one of those words. Because <laughs> he was telling me, Dick, you just think you need a little bit. You can pull this off yourself. And not only church, but even pulling off life myself. Like, thank you, Jesus, you did really good saving me. I know you've got my eternity taken care of, but you know what? The next 50, 60 years you might screw up, so let me do that on my own. It's like, no, you know what? I had to stay in his presence. And it's one of these things that as we've gone through the years, it's a continual thing. Lord, I want more of you. I really do. I mean, I, I, I mean that sincerely. I want a river to flow out of me, and so I want a river to flow in. And if I, if I can have as much of you as I want or as little as I think I need, I want to say I need a lot of you, more of your presence. Do you guys do Matt Redmond's song, 10,000 Reasons? Right? I love that thing, and it says, and I'll sing like I've never sung before. I don't think we should say that we should sing that song. I think it's illegal to sing that song if we don't mean it. Yeah, we used to do this song about dance in the river. I go, well, if I ain't dancing, I ain't going to sing it. (laughs) I don't sing it anymore. (laughs) I dance a lot on the inside. Man, you ought to see me on the inside. (laughs) But is that 10,000 reasons? And I remember when that song first came out and I sang it and I said, Lord, I do want to, I want to sing to you like I've never sung before. Every time I sing that song, I said, yes, Lord. You know how I sang that before? I want to sing to you now like I've never sung before. Because I want to come into your presence. Because it's his presence that transforms. It's his presence that changes. For for each one of us on our journey to become like Christ, it happens from the inside out, right? Religion is when we do it on the outside. With Jesus, it happens on the inside and 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 it flows out. There is this whole dynamic. Look, I need your Holy Spirit to make me different, to change me. More and more into your likeness. And, and, and as they learn to do that, one of the things I learned that comes with that is this, this whole concept of worship. There is a, there's a thing going on in science now. I, I, I taught science for years. I went to school for science. I love chemistry, physics, astronomy, any of those things. It just it floats my boat. And, and I love reading the Bible and going, ah, they're finally figuring out how God set this up. You know, scientists suddenly they discover something new, and they go, oh, it's already in here. I could have told them that one. One of the things science is coming, it's a, it's a, it's a new branch of science. It's very, very interesting. It's a, it's a, a talking about brain plasticity, neuroplasticity. Some of you may have heard of it. It's just a fascinating science because for years, people believed that the brain was a static unit. I mean, you would learn, but the brain really couldn't grow. Okay, muscles can grow. You know, um, uh, a lot of our other tissue can grow, but brains were pretty static. And scientists discovered along the way that brains are, they call it plastic. They, they, can, they can shape and form differently. Now, I'm not talking about physical shape, but their functions can change. And the way they learn this is when people would have a stroke, they would lose the ability maybe like to use their right arm or their right leg. They would be paralyzed on a part and because they, that part of the brain was damaged. But they found this would happen. They put people through physical therapy, and they said, 
will your arm to move. And they would keep doing it and something would happen. They'd say, good, do it again. And through weeks and months of willing their bodies to do something, they changed their brain to now have an ability to do that. And, 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 and there's this big science that's out there. It's really, really exciting. They're going through, isn't this amazing that what people do with their bodies actually changes their brain? One of the things I've learned along the way is my behavior, the things that I do, hear this, are not just things that I do, but they do things to me. Things that I do are not just things that I do, but they actually do things to me. Let me give you an example. Worship is not just something we do. Worship actually does something to us. When we come into a place to worship, when I read in the Old Testament and, and even parts of the New Testament, it talks about present yourself to the Lord, present your living, uh, living sacrifice, present your bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord. Use your body to express, uh, lift holy hands in praying to the Lord. It talks about you know, uh, uh, you know, clapping to the Lord. I mean, all these expressive things. It's like, God, come on. I mean, you obviously don't know, you know, Americans in this century. I mean, we hate to be told what to do. And especially we're told what to do, you know, in things that people can see, you know. But I'm reading this, God, why did you do that? He's saying because when we come into places of worship, worship isn't just something we do. Worship does something to us. It actually changes us. I have found over time, as I, as even at my age, I'm not like I'm really old, but as I come into places like, God, I want to change more and more into your likeness. I have, if each one of us has behaviors that either form us in the image of Christ or deform us in the image of Christ. Every one of us has behaviors that are formative or deformative. You know, Mo, I think a lot of our sin issues have less to do that we have sinful people. I think it has more so to do with that we have bad habits. Getting on the internet, searching pornography. How much of it is people just have bad habits and say, I just want to really just, just really soil my soul right now. I'm going to jump on and just look at some trash stuff. How much of it is that and how much of it is like, oh, no, well, I'm just kind of checking the news. Oh, look, here's an interesting story about Lady Gaga. Oh, I'm going to follow that one. Oh, look, next thing you know, I'm into something. And can I tell you what, what uh, the, the Bible talks about, that as we do certain things, you, the, the Colossians passage, clothe yourselves with Christ, clothe yourselves with humility. It says, it, as, as we put on certain behaviors, we become like that. Isn't it strange? It says, clothe yourself with patience. Well, God, why don't you just change my heart and make me patient? He goes, no, you act patient, and I'll make you patient. Oh, God, why don't you just make me a compassionate person? No, you act compassionate to someone, and I'll make you compassionate. Do you see there's something really interesting going on here? So I've learned along the way, when, when I read in the Word where God says, worship Him, it's like, God, I want to worship you because you're worthy, but when I worship you, you're changing me. Worship is a formative act. It actually changes who I am on the inside out. Becoming more and more like Christ. So I've come to this place. Second thing I've learned along is I absolutely love to worship. I'm going to worship any chance I can get. Lord, I want to align myself. It's very interesting in the book of Exodus. God tells Moses to go to Pharaoh. And, and, and do you know what he tells Pharaoh? Set my people free. 
Have you heard that before? He goes to Pharaoh. He says, go to Pharaoh and tell him, set my people free. That's the first half of the sentence. You know what the second half is? That they may worship me. Set my people free. Why? So they could worship me. God, you're pretty vain, aren't you? You know, you just, you just set us free. You just liberate us so we can own, you know, worship you. He goes, no, I set you free so you can worship me because when you worship me, you get changed. Worship is a gift to us. As we worship the Lord, it's a formative act. It changes who we are. He's given us worship and told us to, to, to express this love and desire to him. And we get set free even greater and greater by it. Third thing, and they'll be brief, and then we're going to jump into worship again. Yes? Uh, turn to Lord Luke chapter 5. I do want you to read this one with me. If you don't have a Bible, Christian will buy one for you or give one to you. There's one here you can get. Write your name on it. Read it. It's a fantastic book. Jesus is calling his disciples. And for the sake of time, I'm going to tell you the beginning part of the story. Jesus is teaching beside the lake. And there is Simon, who later became Peter, Simon Peter, um, and some of his buddies, and they'd been out fishing all night, and they pulled their boats in, and they're cleaning up their nets, um, fishing all night, okay? It's the end of the day. They're tired. They're ready to go home and take a nap. They're cleaning their nets. Jesus is, is teaching, and Jesus kind of jumps to Simon. Verse 4, it says, When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, Simon, put into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master... We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Okay, you're talking about like months and months worth of wages that they suddenly got blessed with. It's like somebody walking up to you and say, I got a lottery ticket right here, and it's worth like $25,000. Would you like it? (laughs) Okay. He just like blessed them unbelievably. (coughs) Yeah, yeah, I know you would. Boats so full that it began to sink. Catch Simon Peter's reaction. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Simon, you don't know the half of it. You are actually more wretched than you even now. I cannot believe I am even in the same boat with you. Quickly put ashore that I may leave your presence and may I never see you again. That doesn't say that in yours? <laughs> I was thinking you were reading for Amplified. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. I'm going to give you my paraphrase. Simon Peter had an encounter with Jesus and a revelation as to who he really was. And in it, he knew Jesus knew everything about him, and he fell to his knees and said, Lord, 
depart from me, I'm a sinner. And Jesus' response was like, yes, I know, come closer. I know, come closer, come hang out with me. I tell you, when the Lord gave me revelation about that and me in the midst of my sin, that I could come to Jesus and say, Lord, I am a sinner. You don't even want to be around me. And he goes, Dick, I know all about it. Come closer. I want to hang out with you because nothing will wash away your sins but my blood. Nothing will purify you but my presence. Nothing will set you free but my love for you and grace and mercy. And as Peter does that, As Peter does that, his whole life gets transformed. The third thing I've learned along the way is when I know I'm in a place that I shouldn't be, it's okay for me to go to Jesus. He's he's not the God who's ready to whack me, judge me, tell me how bad I am. If anything, I've learned that the word repent is an awesome word. Oh, Lord, I am so sorry. Would you forgive me? And he goes, I, yeah, I know. Come closer. Let me cleanse you once again. Let me forgive you once again. You know, it's interesting that Peter, in the end of the book of John, three years after Jesus' ministry, Jesus is crucified, resurrected, and the disciples, Peter goes back to fishing with the buddies. Jesus appears to him on the beach. He yells out to him. Hey, boys, haven't caught any fish, have you? I can just see Jesus. Nah, 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 nah. He says, put down your nets. Same scene. Read it, John, John 19, 20. Put down your nets. Very same thing. They put down their nets, and they catch a huge load of fish. You know what Peter's reaction is that time? It says he jumped out of the boat and ran to Jesus because he knew this is the one who cleanses my soul. Because what did Peter do last time he saw Jesus? The last time he saw him? He denied he even knew him three times. I don't know about you, but if I denied knowing Jesus three times, probably the last thing I'd want to do is see him again. But he knew he could run, and Jesus would say, I know, Peter, you denied me. Come closer. Could we stand? Worship team, you guys want to jump into <laughs> worship again? I just want to lead us into something. Does that work for any of you? I, I, I just, I'd just like to just re- re- reiterate maybe those three things first, just briefly. Um, How much of that river would you like to have flowing out of you? That's a question for you to ask yourself. How much of a river of God's presence would you like to have flow out of your life? Where you would be at a place and people would know you'd been with Jesus. There was just goodness and purity and kindness and grace and mercy just flowing out of you. Think of the most noble person you could ever be. The most kind, the most noble person you could ever be. Jesus says, that's you with life flowing out of you. And if that's what you want, maybe part of tonight is like, Lord, I don't want a trickle coming in me. I want a river in so a river goes out. And as we come into a time of worship, 
Could you even think about worship this way? Jesus, I'm worshiping you because you're worthy. But I'm also worshiping you because it's going to change me. Worship isn't just something we do. Worship does something to us. Lord, would you shape us more and more into your image tonight? As we sing to you, would you align our hearts with you? Would you align our minds with you? Oh, my soul, may we bless you and worship you, Lord. With everything that is within me, Lord, may I worship you tonight. And lastly, if there's anything that in your life that you need to do business with God with, it's been a while since you've asked for forgiveness for something, maybe something that happened today, last week, something you said to somebody that was mean, unkind, you judged them in a, in a way, you were sarcastic, you were snitty, maybe you're eyes were going places they shouldn't go when you're on the internet that's a big issue in our culture today wherever it was maybe you haven't done business with God and you're saying oh Lord really if you looked inside of me you'd see some ugly stuff and he'd say to you I know come closer (laughs) let me wash that away let me wipe that away so Lord we ask for your presence in just a deeper and more profound way tonight We offer ourselves to you afresh. We say, Spirit of the living God, have your way with us. Fill us to overflowing. May our worship be pleasing to you, Lord. And Lord, may we find the freedom of forgiveness in a greater and greater measure with you tonight. Come have your way, Lord. So what we're going to do is we're going to do some worship here. but I really feel like we need to do some ministry. Um, Dick and Maida and, and others. Um, if you guys, for some of us, we, we, we're feeling that. We're feeling that stirring. Like, yeah, I, I, man, I haven't been touched by the Holy Spirit in a while. I haven't been filled up. I, I don't want just a trickle. Um, just come forward. If you want to receive that, if you want more of God, just come forward. I feel like there's something here right now. I think Dick and Maida are, are, are sent to us here tonight to, to impart, to fill us. So just let's come up and receive. And as we as we sing, we're also going to take communion. And, and you can receive and commune with Jesus. And like he was saying, do business, right? Don't run from him. Don't feel like he's just going to slap you. He's, he's drawing us so that he can free us and heal us and build us up. And so for you younger guys in the room, I really encourage you to receive prayer and, and let the Holy Spirit touch you um, in a way. Remember at Youth Group, we talked about being filled with the Spirit. And this is a chance for that to go deeper into us. And for you older guys, we're not done saying yes to God, right? There is more that God wants to do in us and through us. And so just come forward now to receive that and let the Lord just touch your heart. Just come on up.
strong.